0: This episode of Building Your T-Shirt Empire is brought to you by Printavo. Printavo is the all-in-one management software for screen printing, DTG, and embroidery companies. It truly is fantastic. Shirt Agency has been using it for about two and a half years. We absolutely love it. It incorporates your invoicing. It incorporates all your messaging with your clients. It's basically about five apps that you have to have to run any business, all put into one. And what's even better than that is every single quarter, they are coming out with new features. So it's far better than it was even last year. For $50 off your first month, use promo code COAL and head on over to Printavo.com. Let's start the episode. Hello, and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. Uh, This week, I'm with Daniel DeMassa, the founder of Die Epic. Daniel, could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and the company? Sure. So uh, our biggest brand, of course, is Die Epic,
1: and then we recently have launched and trademarked Live Epic, which has been a great spinoff. But uh, about five years into it, um, I owe a lot of thanks to Dan and Andrea from Teacher, ironically, behind me there, uh, who helped mentor me uh, through this wild t-shirt journey. And it's been a wild ride, but literally the best thing in my life I've ever did was start a t-shirt company. So I'm here to provide any helps, tips, anything I can do just to get back to the community.
0: But what was that first, like, what was that first why? Why did you initially decide, hey, I need to sell something and make a brand and make my life all about this one thing?
1: Yep. It's funny and it's going to be a long story, but it involves me almost getting in fight with the rock stunt double. So I'll tell you. All right. Um, right. So I've, I've always been into like startup culture and entrepreneurship. I never worked for any big companies or like that. And the t-shirt thing was interesting. So at Die Epic was literally my personal Instagram account. Um, I never wanted to sell t-shirts. I had other things at the time. And I would just make shirts for myself that just said die epic, simple as that. And I'm a big avid adrenaline junkie. So when I'm leaving, you know, three in the morning from Miami to go down to key West to go scuba dive shipwrecks, so like that was the mantra to get out of bed. That just motivated me. Yeah. So then more and more people kept asking about my shirts and I'm like, no, leave me alone. I don't want to be a t-shirt guy. I've got a lot of things going on. You know, I never, It's was just my personal mantra. Um, and then more and more until one day, now, get your jokes ready. I was back at the Jersey Shore, and uh, I was sitting there with some friends, and I see this monster, and I'm a pretty big, pretty tattooed guy, and this dude's way bigger. I thought him and his buddies were coming over to kick my ass, and uh, no, they were coming over to ask where I got my shirt, and it turns out that dude was so big that was scaring me was the rock stunt double. Yeah. He even has like "I should have killed you yesterday" tattooed right here. I mean, he's a, he's a big monstrous dude. Yeah,
0: um,
1: and that's when it hit me. You know, we could be selling shirts for charity. Let's build a brand around this. And then I couldn't believe how much it took off and how much I was wrong because <laughs> I thought like maybe MMA fighters like he was. Nope, it was skydivers that took us under their wing. Um, even though we're agnostic,
0: I guess you'd say, just all the adrenaline activities. That's cool. So uh, you kind of did it backwards from what I see from a lot of people, a lot of people announce they're going to do a t shirt company. And then they have like no one paying attention to them and a dead social media presence. And you just were living your life and you made t shirts for yourself. And it kind of got you attention. It, It built an audience before you even made a sale.
1: Yep. I brag about the fact I'm a grade A nobody. You know, this brand has all these two things that I, people, I should, I'm a blush because I shouldn't be doing these things to handle these people. I'm not famous. I'm a nobody. Um, But it was just like anywhere in business. I solved a problem Um, for me. So I'm going to kind of date myself a little bit here, but like you would go to a mall and there would be, you know, Pacific Sunwear maybe, which would have surfer shirts or you go get a tap out for MMA shirt. But if you're an adrenaline junkie like me, I kind of do them all. I'm not excellent at any of them. I just love doing them all. And that's where it's like, hey, why other people had this pain of why not one brand for all adrenaline kind of type of thing. Um, so that's where I walked into it just because I, I knew I could fill that, that need.
0: Well, it couldn't have been all easy. What, what, what was it like making that first maybe, I don't know, 10K in sales that when you're finally yep. deciding, okay, we're going to actually sell, how did you implement an e-commerce strategy? How did you market it? What, what happened?
1: Yeah, I, I promise you it is not easy to tell by these gray hairs. Uh, so there's been a lot of ups and downs. And uh, the good thing was I kind of came out around the same time Shopify was getting popular. And mm-hmm. I did, I come from a little bit of tech background. So I just knew, so Shopify was pretty easy for me. And it was crazy. If I I, would love, I could show my receipt, I built my first Shopify. It was Christmas Day. Christmas day, like four in the morning. Cause you know, after everyone's with their friends, family, no one's around. So I built the Shopify I'm on the live chat and Shopify was so good. They even had someone Christmas day 4am yeah. and I would just ask him questions. They, we would work back and forth. And we built this little template and uh, a lot of things kind of happened um, by me just doing constant outreach. Like I just happened to find a really good graphic designer and then a really good graphic design company and a really good logo person. And I reached out to, I knocked on so many doors that one of our biggest breakthroughs was some guy from my high school. And we come from a real bad area where nobody has 10,000 fans on Instagram. But now this guy is a huge Snapchat star. We are hand-in-hand, hand, just like Dan from Tap Out and UFC. Like, we work very close together. And it was just because I knocked on so many doors. Um, but I guess, long story short, besides the constant outreach and never giving up, uh, social media was king. I think it always will be king for us t-shirt brands. The reason we sell so many shirts is not because I tell the story. I don't want this ugly mug anywhere near a camera. I would rather <laughs> our hundred thousand people on Instagram that are using our hashtag. I tell people go through that because I can't control it. And then that's where you see the story coming out. Cause you know, once you convert other people to your salespeople, cause they love what you stand for, they're they'll be the best salespeople you'll ever hire.
0: What do you think you were doing so right that made people want to share a hashtag and not just buy a shirt and stay quiet? Well, how do you like encourage interactivity?
1: Very good point. Um, I like basically one of my major KPIs is hashtags and tattoos. I mean, we're up to over 200 people have tattooed our logo on them throughout the world, <laughs> uh, which is crazy. Cause even like girls in Russia, I'm like, I don't know how they find me. We do sell lots of Russia, but like the Instagram post is all in Russian. I have to share it with my friends. Like, what are they even saying? As I, I see the logo.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I think, well, I did, I did fill a need. Um, I really pushed the hashtag. I mean, the hashtag for any business is a thermometer reading. It's almost like I can go to any corporation in the world. Like imagine what hashtag Tesla must look like or Harley Davidson. You can really see the brand's voice. Are they doing good? Is it people shaming them? So I was hypersensitive to my hashtag. Um uh, ironically, Andrea one of the, you know owns a sticker company. So I could get hashtag stickers made up, hashtag diepic, give them to everybody, put them in tons of them in every order. And I just made it cool, like gamification, to be reposted by your Instagram account. Um and then to even build on gamification more. I pick a handful of people who support us um, and they'll be like epic elites. So now it's like, are you epic approved if you get on Instagram or Epic Elite is like kind of our top five or ten people who help us the most per year?
0: So do you end up giving those people like free merch at that point because it's it's like a almost a prize?
1: Yep, exactly. But I even do cooler stuff than that. Like I remember, I one time would have like met, not like metal plaques made up, like. Um, uh, ironically, I'm wearing a shirt. We just did a, um, a pushup contest, you know, for to raise money for COVID, uh, first responder masks. So we had little trophies made up. And again, we all know those trophies all cost about under 20 bucks, but that will live on someone's mantle. If they love your brand till yeah. the day they die, you know, they will brag, they will show it off like it's a Rolls Royce in their driveway. Um, and that's why I'm just so obsessed with our tribe and, and growing it the right way. And just, you know, I never do them wrong. They never do me
0: wrong. You mentioned, uh, Andrea, what, how did you get mixed up with her? Like what, what's the story there and how did she help you? So it
1: was crazy. I think I have like an entrepreneurial group chat on Facebook. I mean, we probably four or five guys in there. We've been doing it for a hundred years now, you know, whenever we have an issue or whatever we could, you know, and someone sent me a Facebook ad for their group. And, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm I'm from both New Jersey and Miami. The first thing I was like, oh, this is probably a scam. Let me let me look into this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, these guys are these guys are legit. Like I would pay whatever they wanted just for one call with them, let alone a whole course. So I took the plunge. But first, just to show how skeptic I was, because this is public knowledge, I even tweeted both of them. So you could go back to my Twitter years ago and see where I was just like reaching out to make sure that they were like warm and friendly. This is real deal. Um, so I took their course and was just kind of like, uh, they saw how quickly I grew under, you know, that I went, I think I did six grand sales my first year and then I did over six figures year two with you know their guidance. And just cause it's, there's so many dumb things I didn't know. Like I didn't know that you don't want your t-shirt, um, printer to order your blanks or other like weird things you can do and all those other silly, you know, tips and tricks. So that just stuff like that really helped. And and when you have bad days, you also do want to have a Facebook group or mentor. Because you're going to have bad days, as you know, <laughs> it's not all rainbow and sunshines. It's nice to have a group to to chat with as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, what uh, what other things do you think really helped you become more of a professional brand? What were those like for people who are already doing maybe a few hundred units in sales, mm-hmm. um, but they don't know how to get past that plateau? What do you think it is that they should do? Should they be mm-hmm. hiring? Should they be investing in X, Y, or Z? Uh, so I'm in the group
1: of the the teacher gang. I'm kind of like the, I hate to say this typical millennial where it's just me and a laptop. You know, I like to travel, so I don't, I have a factory, great partnership, local factories. I'll use print on demand to test all that stuff. Um, so I wanted to make sure all of my, you know, I I put a gun to my own head and said, okay, Dan, are you a printer or are you a marketing company? If I had to put a gun in your head, choose now and do it Mm -hmm. right so I like look at Red Bull, you know, um, like look how much they blow. I don't even think they're an energy drink company at this point. They're such a media powerhouse and marketing company. So I use them as kind of as motivation and went the route of okay, well I'm more marketer. So instead of buying equipment, just because I don't even know how to use a sewing machine, I just put all of my time and energy into, you know, marketing and, and so I'm a big software guy. So any software tools I could find and and scale like you know assistance, all that good stuff. And that way people who are the experts in printers, you know, printing could just handle that because that, that wasn't my world. Right. Um, and I will say that was another big thing, Leo. When you're this doe eyed young guy or girl and you go to a printer and say, hey, I got this cool idea for a brand, you know, they, they're like, all right, kid. But once you start hitting like that thousand bucks a week, that's when, you know, these factories are like, oh, okay, we will work with you and fulfill your stuff. So there was a hurdle to get over.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, I own Shirt Agency in LA, and so we constantly have an endless stream of people telling me about their new brand, Um, Mm -hmm. and we'll do meetings with them about, you know, how they're going to be selling 1,000 units every week and blah, 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 and can we even handle printing that much? And normally what happens is they order, like, 50 shirts that they call a test run, and they never even sell them. And so... (laughs) It's one Uh of those things where it's like unbelievably frustrating. I mean, a lot of people who listen to this are screen printers, so they know Mm -hmm. the kind (laughs) of eye rolling that happens when somebody tells you about their new brand. Um, What do you think those people do so wrong when it feels like like for my best customers, I have a hard time seeing what they're doing right other than people just give a shit. Like people care about theirs and they don't care about others. and mm-hmm. But it's hard to say this is exactly why they're failing. Because right. um, a lot of times, I mean, I'll see good art fail. Yep. What do you think? That
1: you, you bring up a great point. And what, uh, another thing, and now that I'm, you're putting me back into old OG days. Uh, my favorite word in the uh, language, you know, library here is pre-order. Um, and I, it's actually so funny that on my desk, I have some artwork for my cute little niece, Right. Yeah. This is going on my fridge, right? So and the reason I bring this up is when you post a new design and you've got this new idea and you put it on your Facebook page, which everyone does, I'm going to start this brand. What happens? People like it. It's just like, I'm going to put this on my fridge. Um, but that doesn't mean they're going to pull out their wallets. Right. And I I you know I like to mentor on like the there's a subreddit for startup uh, t-shirt brands uh, in the streetwear space and everything. And same thing, people will put their logo there, get a bunch of great feedback, but don't ever buy it. Um, and my very first batch, that's how I knew uh, this was going to be pretty big is when I said, hey, I want to order these. I call being a tech, guy, I called it a beta test, put it on my personal Facebook page. And we already within, you know, an hour, and they were dirt cheap. But even that first hour, I sold enough for the minimum of silk screen. Now, it right. could just be people like me, they felt bad for me, or I had something here. And the fact that I pre-ordered, it didn't just do, hey, here's a concept. How do you like it? Collect all those likes, you know, which means nothing to me. (laughs) You got to actually get those pre-orders. So that's probably the first thing I would recommend is you see, you know, go knock on some doors, ask around, find your niche and see if you can at least get a pre-order of the minimum you know, what's a minimum like 20 units or 30 units i guess for like good pricing on silk screen
0: yeah i mean a lot i mean it all ends up getting cheaper with volume but our mm-hmm. minimum's 25 so it's one okay. of those things where it's like if you can't sell 25 you're not going to do very well exactly um, and it's funny because there's a lot to be said about the grind we had this kid who i've talked about before who was 18 or so and like clockwork he would show up order 50 shirts and then until he was done getting rid of all of them, he wouldn't leave the Venice Boardwalk. And that was it. He would just walk around with backpacks, talk yep. about his brand, Hustle, and he just came oh. back every week. And he was, he was making more money than these people that would come in with like their marketing strategies and their Instagram advertising mm-hmm. budget because yep. he just made sure he sold. And he, yep. you know, like, I kind of appreciate that grind a lot more than, you know, an ad budget.
1: I, I totally agree. There's, you know, there's a lot of way to have success, but I'm the first one now to, when people say they want to start a brand, I'm like, well, what's your shortcut? You'll know, have at least one shortcut or, or trick or talent. Like if you're a great, I can't, I'll use Microsoft Paint. I can't design. So if you can graphic design, you are one step ahead of me. Maybe you've got a lot of Instagram followers. Maybe your aunt and uncle have a ton of money. You know, it's, it's not, there's a lot of competition out there. So really, I tell people, look deep in yourself. What are you really good at? Or what would you be the one-up that would help you beat other people are starting out that exact same week? So that brings up, and then being a good salesman, hustler, door-to-door, that's one of the best, you know, talents out there.
0: Speaking of art, I was looking at your website, and it seems like you don't really believe in having complex art. Instead, you believe in branding products. And I saw that you had a lot of different products available. Is that a massive amount of print-on-demand, or is that inventory that you're a little terrified of things, you know, mm-hmm. sitting around too long? Like, how are you managing mm-hmm. that many products on one website?
1: Yep, yeah, it's mostly print-on-demand to test. So again, imagine you're one of the 200 people who have uh, my tattoo on them, which I've never asked them to do. Or, you know, when Dan from Tapout was tell- teaching me about how, like, there would be people who would drive to different states to buy different color Tapout stickers, I rolled my eyes, like, this guy's a liar. And then you start a brand like, nope, absolutely true. I have people who have to have one of every color, you know, of of what I sell. So for them, you know, it's the print on demand testing, these skateboards. uh, I have cutting boards. I have Bluetooth speakers. Like, yeah, I love seeing all this funky stuff. I can put my logo on because that makes them happy. Um, And then plus we have a subscription box. So that's where, you know, you get this cool funnel when you have a subscription box where you can kind of test things. It keeps your, your product catalog keeps growing. Um, we do really want to get into more different designs and stuff. Um, but just people love the, the die epic live epic more like, well, we sell more diepic live epic on a new garment than if we do that exact same meme blast with a new saying. Um, it's just, that's the way, but we do want to get where we're building out our kind of collab section now where okay. I would love it where artists can do it, have them get paid. We, we're really trying to transition as we mature into a platform. Um, we have, it's called craft epic and it's, uh, like laser engraved high end metal wallets. And I just picked up someone, uh, the graffiti artist will spray paint a model train, which looks really lo- neat with our logo, like cool things like that. We're just trying to grow out for the people that just love
0: just the, the two words that really motivate them. Yeah. You mentioned the subscription boxes. I've had some friends that had anywhere from moderate success to pretty impressive success with it. But the struggle they all had was keeping people interested. Like people might be in for eight months, nine months, but at some point they look at their closet and they're like, this is a lot of crap in my closet. How do you manage that? How do you manage the burnout?
1: I agree. I'm very embarrassed to admit this. I accidentally, my credit card on my own, I was, you know, I put a a fake name in, ordered my Epic pack. And that way, just keep taxed, make sure everything's okay, you know, whatever. At one point, very recently, my credit card expired. And I'm like tired of my own Epic pack. Not that I don't love this stuff. (laughs) You said my closet gets so big. Um, So, yeah, we do. The cool thing is because we don't have a lot of them. um, And and also, I should tell you my pricing. So, we do like a $20 share of the month club, 37 and a 67. Now, this is where everyone, you know, it it was uh, our beta test. We sold more 67 than the 37, which is insane to me. Yep. And the the big thing for us is jerseys. You know, we're an athletic brand. So with at the 67 level, we can put your name and numbers on the back. Uh, We gave them a survey and uh, I did think, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, okay, well people will be on this forever. And then now that I've had it, it's not that you, it's more of a KPI. Like how long will they stay on it for? for? And it's, and I completely agree. I have the thing. I totally understand. Um, So like last month we'll do custom blankets. We'll use our survey. And the surveys, of course, you want to handle that. You don't want to let let someone tell you they love the unique color green. The next person says, Oh, I like purple. No, we we give them certain colors they can choose. Yeah. Live epic, die epic. And then our designer in a hand, you know, in a split of a second can spin those out. And then you put them on different unique things. Um, One thing I do want to do a better job of is right now, when you join, you do get whatever the next box is. I really would like to have a, you know, your first box, you know, something to make it a little bit more special. So that's going to be on my to-do list uh, for this quarter to find out, you know, implement that process.
0: Yeah. I I knew a guy who did like a Patriot brand and his first box was a loss leader. So Mm -hmm. you were getting like 40 something bucks worth of stuff in your first $20 box. Mm
1: -hmm. And then he
0: averaged that out eventually. Um, But that way he could like really make them feel like this was a great idea to buy it. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I,
1: I just to add on because I thought about doing that, but I didn't want to like set expectations too high. So I basically have a spreadsheet and then I do it where it's like if there's a month where the margins are a little tight, the next month there'll be a little bit more margin. But same exact kind of theory evens out over the run.
0: Tell me a little bit about how you're involved in teacher now. Like what what is the what is the goal of teacher besides just, you know, maybe a book or one course?
1: Yeah. Basically, uh, help more people like me. If I could just like I'm the perfect living, breathing case study. Uh, it, it even is pretty cool because I had a t-shirt I'm down here in Miami beach and I even had a meetup group, uh, called like brands and brews where I would do the same thing. Cause I, everyone knows when you start getting successful, everyone from high school, cousins, strangers yeah. hit you up on how did you do it? I needed a place of where can I focus these people? So I was like, you can ask as many questions as you want, but there's a catch. You have to come at 1 p.m. at this brewery. I'll bring other experts, but then that's it. You only have, you know, ask questions till, till you t- I turn blue. So that um, was doing that. I was already working with Dana and Andrea as a student and things were going so well that they were like letting me come on and talk because they're following my progress. They see my website, my following, and they would like, let me talk, let me help mentor. And then lo and behold, we kind of all brought everything together. So, you know, the meetup group down here and the teacher branding and everything. Um, And it's just like a dream come true. I'm actually really embarrassed because all three of them I've seen on TV and I have not been on TV. I'm a grade A nobody. (laughs) So I'm doing well, but I'm not, but I have no TV show yet. So I'm embarrassed to be on this totem pole with these rock stars that I've literally sat and watched on the couch. I've seen, you know, Dan's TV show back in the day. So uh, it's just been a blessing and I can't wait to help more people.
0: What do you think it is that teachers offering the, I mean, I'm people listening might be considering the course of the book, or what do you think it's offering that's different than just watching a ton of YouTube? You
1: Yeah, there's nothing, YouTube definitely helped, that's kind of how I got started, but for example, again, I'm, I know a little bit of tech, I know business, I don't know what, how many larges or smalls to order my first batch, like that's just my favorite example, because that was something that I put on the Facebook group, Andrea or someone answered it in an instant, you know, what the average is, and then that'll get you long enough to then see what your you know your customer base really is. Silly things like that, I would have guessed wrong. <laughs> I probably would have went off what my friends are. And of course when I did a test, they were right with the sizes they said. Um, so it, there's a multiple things. The book's great. That's kind of you dip your toe in like I did too. Gives you a nice structure, some cool ideas. I really like the Facebook group. That's my favorite part. Um, yeah, and yeah. we're all sharing tips. There's even two Facebook groups I believe in there, you know, we're sharing tips and hints and, and that's awesome. Um, and then, of course, the course is just the no-brainer. Like, Andrea has, like, some really good hacks on, like, how to get your shirts on celebrities I would have never thought of. You know, silly thing. And wholesale, that's another thing. I'm, I, like, I put my stuff on Amazon and everything else. Like, I'm, again, I'm a tech guy. But wholesale is a whole nother world. I am petrified of it. So, if it wasn't for Andrea hollering at me, yelling at me, telling me what to sell things for, I wouldn't have had, you know, these wholesale uh, store
0: deals, too. So, are you in, like, nationwide chains? Or are they, would you go more, like, mm-hmm. local? Yep. Local I, shops,
1: we're you gotta, I all just in case for the followers know we are like kind of like the top 1% of adrenaline junkies. Think like people who have like 200 wingsuit skydives in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sell at like drop zones that do skydiving. Oh, okay, like, that's got it. Market. And now with this downturn, I'm really glad that we're not no, no offense to mall brands, but we're not a mall brand. Um, and I'm actually kind of glad because I like the fact that we're you know, the drop zones are still okay. The the places that have activities for our niche, they're they're still doing what they're doing. Whereas a lot of malls I see in my area are all shut down.
0: So jumping out of planes is COVID safe?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess at 180 miles per
0: hour, it's kind of hard to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so how do you end up negotiating those deals then? I mean, yeah, are you are people coming to you and saying I want to carry it, and then it's yep. easy, or are you going out there like with a sales team and trying to pick yep. it?
1: So people, I, I guess I'm you know I'm very blessed, but it's just because of hard work. where I built a good brand. Every single one came to me, and the coolest one is I think there's one or two. It's not we're doing before the kind of world ended with uh, COVID. We had about ten test stores, and I love the fact that two were international. That just made me smile. It just seemed like such a cool like little uh, you know ego pat there. So we were going to roll out this really big plan. Um, and ironically, one of the first things we were going to test was tattoo shops. And then that's right when like COVID hit my tattoo shops all went out of, uh, they had, they had to shut down by the government. Even my personal tattoo artists had to shut down and move out of the state. So that got derailed a little bit, but we, I you know now since that happened, this, as you know, this is one industry where things change per day. So what used to be big, maybe five years ago, now I was on Amazon FBA, but Amazon merch since COVID started has actually Amazon likes Amazon, but uh, filled by merchant now way more. And there's crazy new tools where you could be looking at shirts and I could literally have skydiver skydiving in our gear, shoving a full size video in between shirts. Like, so now I think I'm, you know, with this whole lockdown, I think, uh, the 10 stores are great, but I, I think I'm going to rather put my time and energy back into you know, the Amazon.
0: So with the Amazon, uh, does their margin that they're taking out of it affect you when you're trying to get it created, give yourself a profit margin and let them eat up a big chunk?
1: Yes, uh, that is tough. You know, the, the reason I the reason I sucked it up in the beginning was A, because I shop everything off from Amazon. I just know my, me, my peers, it's, I bought my Christmas tree on Amazon. And that's when the tipping bell like four years ago, like, okay, this is ridiculous. Um, so what it was for me is, I don't know if you're supposed to do this, but my shirts literally have our website on them. And as I, I'm the biggest fan of stickers, that's one of the keys to our success. I, I will shove as many stickers into every package so it explodes, because those go on skydive helmets, motorcycle helmets, laptops. Right. So when I did all that, um, next thing you know, they, they come back to my site, or I guess I'll call it organically or semi-organically. Um, if you had an unbranded brand, that's very tough. You know, there's little tricks where you can try to pixel fire them on Facebook and then send them to your Amazon listing and retarget them. But with something like Die Epic, you know, they, they will come back to my website. They'll find my Instagram. So I, have a, I can cheat a little bit there. Um, but what I think is going to be the next big thing is, in my personal opinion, throwing out a theory here, I'm going to probably keep one shirt, let's say a black shirt, that says FBA. So you see the prime, you get excited. But then next to it, I can have different colors be fulfilled by merchant. So yes, when you click on it, you won't see the prime for that one. But if someone Got likes it. that color, they'll buy it anyway, then I get the margin. Um, uh, but, but it was just really, a clever idea. yeah, when, when I was playing with Amazon, this is I, I, my, my favorite story is they have, of course their ad, uh, their own ad platform and it cracked me up. I used an ad credit that they gave me and I was getting a bunch of sales. And one of the sh- uh, keywords that was hitting was shirts for barbecue. And that just makes me scratch my head so much. Like, Amazon is so big, they can show me to the most unrelevant keyword and still get sales. So I was like, yep, there's time, it's time to, you know, figure out the formula to be more profitable
0: on Amazon. That's cool. So, with your brand being kind of everything to the business because you're not doing a joke shirt and you're not doing a topical shirt, have you had a lot of, um, So what happened to one of our old clients who did a lot of country branded shirts was specifically on Amazon. He had knockoffs next to his shirts on Amazon, listed by Amazon. He would complain to Amazon and he'd hear crickets, but yet he was selling thousands of shirts on Amazon. And it was like infuriating that he had these trademark disputes on the platform that he was being successful on and they were still supporting the ripoffs. Have you had any experience with that? Of course. Of
1: course. You know, that first off, you know, it, it, you wouldn't believe how quick I was getting ripped off. Like I was still reasonably like small brand when every platform had my knockoff. So I was like, well, I am doing something really good or really bad. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Amazon was the worst. I didn't want to be on Amazon at first because I was reading how like beard brand jumped off, Nike jumped off, you know? And so I did, I went on there and I got brand certified. I think it's called something to that term. And then that does help. Once you have that, you're okay. But yeah, you, it is the worst support experience of my life out of any company I've ever dealt with in any of my businesses. You're going to get people even, uh, you know, I know top, top tier Amazon sellers. And even they say, you call three times, you'll get the, you'll get the right answer once to maybe twice at best because you'll get a different answer every time, but it's all part of the process. Like they have unlimited traffic. Uh, they, they people and like to think about how many people have credit card on one click. That's insane right. to me. Like they own all the power, so I actually got on Amazon only because of the fakes, um, and that's why I was kind of forced to be on there. And then it gets you know cra- cranky too, because with FBA I wasn't pushing them. I was just putting my shit on there so that I'm tired of all the, the fakes. I wanted to block them off. Lo and behold, you start getting storage fees because I wasn't on there. I wasn't an Amazon expert. I'm like, oh geez, but that's where FBM um, is going to be. It, it seems like a real big winner in our space. But yeah, dealing with Amazon is is the worst. And that will that will absolutely
0: happen, sadly. For those fakes, did you just send out cease and desist letters and pray? I mean, what do you what did you actually do? There, I mean, taking someone to court can cost more than it's worth. I I this is where like Androids just throws it to me
1: on teachers a really big hint. So you know, check this out if you have this problem. I kind of it happened so much to me every every platform did it now if it's someone like rage on they're pretty good so they'd see the website they see my trademarks you send them a that cdma i think it's called whatever it is they'll, they'll bring it down it might take a day they'll bring it down then there's like two other buckets there's basically the little guys i'll fake it throw up a shopify you know they're the ones here's my my dirty hack i have a little plugin on chrome that will tell me who your back end is who your apps are whatever i write to them i said hey this is your cat blocks Like this is your first warning. Oh, here's our product. Bring it down. Um, I know you're reaching out to Shopify. I've already contacted them. They will bring down your site. And uh, usually they're using print-on-demand, all the scammers, which I know all the others, a print-on-demand company. So I, I could even like, I've even went that route where I just call the owner of uh, like Custom Cat or the, you know, the top brass I can get and they'll just pull it down. But I use like the dirty tricks like that to scare them. And I have one line that Andrew loves. I say, if you don't respond in 24 hours, an agent will be dispatched. No, that just doesn't mean anything. But people in different countries are scared of that. People in this country are scared of it. I just randomly came up with it because I didn't you know when I starting now I didn't have the money to hire 10 lawyers for this stuff, so it cracks me up. That's like my favorite yeah. line, and for some
0: reason it works. You get a reply and it disappears. <laughs> An agent. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, well, that's great. Um, so tell us what's next for die Epic before we wrap everything up. What's the 2021 plan? <sighs> You know, I had a 2021
1: plan and kind of threw out the window because as of last weekend, I was looking at a commercial building to buy, uh, half commercial, half residential, which is the biggest, most terrifying, me not sleeping decision to make. Um, so that would change everything. You know, if I could actually have like a little adrenaline headquarters and people can come in. And so that is just a wish at this point. We're, we're still in, in negotiations. But if that um, isn't it, I just kind of want to, you know, look at our KPIs and really try to. Uh, what's it, SOPs everyone's favorite word, you know, basically find ways to really automate per S per KPI, every, you know, the top eight KPIs we have, you know, that's kind of the goal. And I guess every entrepreneur's life is how much of this can I find reliable help to help scale? Uh, cause with COVID, you know, there's no events. There's a lot of things I can't do anymore. So I really right. want to take this time to focus in on the internal and improve a lot of things. But, uh, yeah, we're excited. You know, it's, it's a, it's a bad time so we're trying to make it the most of it. And, uh, I'm just glad our customers are with us to do virtual challenges and other fun stuff, try to make the best of it.
0: That's great. Well, thanks so much for all your time. It was fun hearing about your story.
1: Oh, thanks so much, guys. Awesome. If you have your questions, let us know. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, brother.
0: Yeah, thanks. Bye. That concludes our interview with Daniel. I think he had a lot of great tips. If you are interested in learning more great tips, check out teacher.com. That's T-E-E-A-C-H-E-R.com. And um, if you use promo code Cole, C-O-L-E, you'll receive 15% off your order. Have a great day, guys. Bye.